Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds, and I'm in a little bit of better spirits. Um, I am in a little bit of better spirits. Um, obviously, last week was just an absolute train wreck um, for all of my people who love college football. And I just had to get just that out of the way. And I've had a good week. Um, I've just been kind of chilling, uh, just kind of taking some time to reflect on the fact that we're not going to be having college football. Um, for those who don't know, the NBA play, the NBA playoffs just started. Um, those started this past Monday, uh, baseball is still going and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So today, um, I have some little news that I want to talk about and then we're going to go straight into water polo and then I'm going to give you a sneak peek of what's coming up next week, um, with my guess who is coming on the show so let's get started here uh first i'm going to talk about some college basketball first uh the big east um the big east conference um they're one of uh very very good conferences um known for their basketball you know you have villanova um you have schools like creighton uh st john xavier stuff like that um so the big east uh this was announced yesterday at about 11:20 in the morning uh they announced that the Big East will wear Black Lives Matter patches, and this is both men's and women's basketball. The conference announced that men's and women's basketball teams will wear the Black Lives Matter patch on their uniforms this season. So, one, that kind of hints that there's going to be a season, which is already good enough. And two, it obviously shines a light on a bigger problem in America right now, which is the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and I really, really respect the decision for the Big East to wear that. Um, I feel as if people who are passionate about it should have the opportunity to voice their opinion uh, as you see what's going on in the NBA uh, with the jersey numbers and just um, the amount of just support um, so I feel like this is a right step in the right direction I also feel as if the if the student athletes want to voice their uh, opinion in a different way I think that's obviously 100% okay as well and that everyone has to do the same thing. Um, people have different ways of sending the same message out. So I just wanted to get that out of the way. I really like what they're doing. Um, also, um, Lane Kiffin, uh, <laughs> the head coach of, <clears throat> excuse me, of Ole Miss. Yeah, uh, he wants a transfer exception um, because of what happened with the Big Twelve, Big Ten, and Pac-12 last week. He said that it's a shame that the M that the NCAA isn't allowing immediate transfers for players who had their season postponed. And I agree with that. I mean, just think you have the PAC 12 and you have a bunch of these seniors who are not playing. And also I want to talk, I'm going to talk about what's going on with the WSU in a little bit, but you have a bunch of these seniors or people in like their last year of eligibility who can't play anymore because of the season being canceled and potentially the spring football season, not even happening as well. So I mean, it's the right decision. It's it's. I feel like that this should this this should not even be like a discussion. This should just be a mandate that if you if you lost your season because of something that we as a human as the human race could not control, then you should be able to play another year or play your last year of eligibility. And. I, I, I think that should be that should be accurate. That should be mandated. I don't I don't know why it's up for discussion. It's kind of ridiculous that it really is up for discussion. I mean, if you really think about it, just just like 
if you say say you're in your favorite job, right? And it's your last year there, and you were gonna go to like a bigger job later down the line, and because of what happened, uh, you can't work there. You you physically cannot work there, but you wanted to work there one last year. And the the people at corporate say, oh yeah, um, I don't know if you're gonna be able to work one more year. Uh, we may just set, we may just transfer you immediately. Like, like like no no, I want to work one more year. Like like let let these players play one more year, and then they can decide what they want to do. Cause at the end of the day, like, it's the players who are on the field, not not these people in like at, at the NCAA headquarters or whatever. So I think. I think that should just be mandated. I think I think that should just be, like, the standard. Like, if you lose your season, like, right now, especially right now, if you lose your season and you're, like, in your last year of eligibility or you're a senior, you should be able to get one extra year. And I think that should happen. That should happen 100%. And there's a, actually, um, I got this alert yesterday from Bleacher Report, and they were talking about all athletes – um, according to Yahoo, they are saying that all athletes may get an extra year. Uh, the D1 Council wants all athletes to get extra year of eligibility, even if they play this fall. And the final ruling is actually coming out tomorrow, so on the 21st. And see, this this is what I'm talking about. All athletes should get an extra year because of what's happening. You had you saw what happened with um, last year's, I think, winter and spring. They got their extra year because they couldn't play and they couldn't finish. I mean, I, it depends on winter. I don't know how basketball worked out, but I know spring, all the spring athletes, they got their extra year because their seasons got shut down. So I think if you're going to keep the same momentum, keep it for the fall. So I agree 100% with that ruling. And I hope the decision is that these D1 athletes are getting the extra year because if they're not, then what's the point? I mean, come on now. I mean, these athletes got their seasons closed because of something we couldn't control. So why don't you just give them the opportunity to stay an extra year if they want to. And so I, I, I 100% agree with that. I Hopefully the council agrees unanimously to let these athletes have an extra season. Um, and if, if they don't, I'm going to be very, very upset. I, I will be very upset if they don't. Because if they don't, I'm, I'm going to be very upset. All right, uh, next we're going to be talking about Nick Saban, uh, head coach of Alabama. Um, he is actually kind of worried about people opting out like this season. Uh, we've seen a lot of players opt out, like people from like Minnesota star wide receiver. Oh, I forgot his name. Uh, we've seen almost everybody, a lot of these big draft stars opting out. And Saban is worried. He said that he, he thinks, excuse me, that uh, the spring season could look like quote unquote JV football with draft grade players opting out. And I mean, I think he's kind of more focusing the fact on himself again. And it's just, I mean, he brings up a good point that if you have all these stars opting out, then it's not really going to be a quote unquote, like a good season. But I mean, they're doing what they have to do for their health. They're doing it for their future. So, I mean, if you're the coach, I mean, all you can really do is just acknowledge the fact that these players are going to be preparing for the draft because that's where most of these players are going to want to go to go to the draft to try and become something out of nothing and so if if it's if it's going to look like jv football then that's just the consolation i mean i mean let's be real here i mean if you wanted to play this season 
and like you couldn't or you're opting out to, it's probably because one, you don't want to risk getting the coronavirus or you're opting out to prepare for the season. And that's what a bunch of players do. That's already how it happens. Like, and it's especially going to happen this season. So I don't know why Nick is worried. Like, this happens. This always happens. Like, this has happened before. Like, I've seen it happen before with my own eyes. Like, I, 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 know, I know what he's talking about. But, like, I mean, I mean, come on. Like, I, 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 I get what he's trying to say. But I don't think he realizes that it's kind of more egotistical on his part. Because he wants to have, like, a season where with the best athletes and the best and the best players and the best potential draft picks playing while they're not even going to be playing because it's kind of normalized now for some players to not play the season and said skip the season or not hold out but like you know prepare for the NFL draft or something like that and plus like if you get in and like if you get injured playing like in the spring like do you you're, like say you're Trevor Lawrence right and you like tear your ACL or something playing like a meaningless game against like Wake Forest in like the final regular season game. I mean, I get the drive, but I mean, the precautionary measures that these athletes have to take are really astounding. And so that's why you really got to take into account the fact that the players are doing it to better themselves for a long future in the NFL, which you're supposed to be preparing them for. So I get what he's talking about, but I mean, it's it's starting it's sounding a little egotistical, just just a little bit. Uh, transitioning to some more college football. Uh, I know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the water polo soon, but some more college football. Um, there's been talks about um, the Big Ten trying to reinstate the season. Um, Justin Fields, you know, with the petitions and um, he's been going around trying getting rallying votes and signatures and stuff like that. And they finally came to a conclusive decision that uh, the commissioner, Kevin Warren, said that conference will not revisit decision to cancel fall sports. So that means it's final. It's done. No fall sports for the Big Ten. And uh, the funny thing is, I saw like a tweet from Adam Schefter. He was talking about how. Um, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals and Cleveland Browns, you know, NFL teams are playing in Ohio and then you have high school teams, but not Ohio state, which is, which is kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting cause you know, they're right in the middle. So it's just kind of funny. It's just kind of funny to think, but I mean, thinking about the players, thinking about the athletes, I mean, they didn't want to do this cause obviously they're all about the money, but at the end of the day, like they're going to have to. We, I saw this coming from my way. I honestly thought it was going to happen like by week three. I thought it was going to be after like a few weeks of football, but I guess they decided to pull the plug earlier, and I hoped it would be later than, uh, or a little later than I hoped for. Um, transitioning back into basketball for a little bit, um, Coach K uh, from Duke University, uh, infamous coach, one of the best college football, college basketball coaches in history has led Duke to so many titles and final fours. He even coached the 2008 Olympic team uh, with obviously NBA players. Um, so coach K said that the NBA needs to prioritize the men's basketball tournament because of the revenue it generates. And he said, and I quote, we need to have the tournament. And I mean, <laughs> they already lost so much from this year. They got to have it next year. I mean, there there's talks about the bubble and everything, but like, they need to have the season. Because, I mean, look, if you're 
if you are the if you are the NCAA basketball association, like if you're if you're NCAA men's basketball, you're in that, and say like you're having a good like for example Dayton. Dayton had a great season. They were potentially number one seed. They were kind of a potential Final Four team with Obi Toppin and like all the stars, and then just to have it canceled. I mean, it sucks, but like. Just think, like, not even from the athlete side, from, like, a business standpoint, you have all those ads. I mean, you see all the March Madness ads coming out. It's, you had all the stars. You've had the hotels, revenue for tickets, hotels for the players. Like, you had so much money just gone because of the no season. So, that's why I'm saying, like, this is, (laughs) this is not, like, the the cancellation of men's of the March Madness tournament was horrible. It was so bad for NCAA. They didn't want to do it, but they had to because of what's going on. And like just because it was the height of it. It was going toward the height. And like next year, I mean obviously there's talks about being having it in a bubble. Like I saw um this thing from Bleach Report talking about um they were gonna have apparently um a multiple um, bubble type settings, like one in Orlando, like what's going on with the um, uh, with the N- NBA for like the tournament. And I 100% agree with that. You could have it in Vegas, just places where they have a bunch of basketball courts that are indoors. Like that's a good idea. Like just having multiple out, just having multiple places so you can have a season. Like that is honestly the best idea for right now. I mean, if we have a season, because I also saw a Bleach Report saying that the decision to have college hoops is going to be in mid-December. So the NCAA, this was, I think, on Monday, they announced that a decision about the start of college basketball will be made by about mid-September, so maybe in like two to three weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Um, excuse me. I, I don't know what the decision – I mean, you see all the – I mean, I think basketball will be a little safer because it's indoors – and also, like, you can obviously do the bubble-type scenario with how the NBA is doing it. So if you have it, like, that kind of setting, then I think you can have a college basketball season. Obviously, with the testing and everything. But it's going to be hard for, like, student-athletes who are, like, um, you know, like, going to school and shit. Because, I mean, even though they're online, but still, like, it's going to be difficult. I mean, some may not even be online, so, like, it's going to be difficult to determine that. So, that's going to be pretty much one of the determining factors as to if we do if, if we do have a college basketball season, which I hope and pray. And if we do, I mean, the Pac-12, they didn't start until January, so that would be conference only. But still, like, I really hope we do have a college basketball season because, I mean, if you don't have a college football season and a college ball basketball, college basketball season, excuse me, the amount of revenue loss will be outstanding. It will be so much. And it will just be devastating to pretty much just, it will be it will be devastating. It, it, it would be tragic to see. You, you, they don't want that at all. I know they don't want that at all. Uh, so now going back into college football. Um, so uh, pretty much this one, I saw this article on ESPN. And to be honest with you, I never really took this into account. But it really is a big challenge. And they're talking about, like, the tideline is football's next challenge. And this is called college football, obviously. Students. Uh, talking about players pleading with classmates, you know, talking about, like, help and stuff like that. Um, every coach's biggest concern, why a bubble isn't really the answer. And the social sacrifices for everybody, like, who are going back to campus. 
And honestly, that's a good read. I definitely recommend you guys read that if you're big into like college football and even just like even just college life in general. I mean, this is a huge, huge topic. And I think people really need to talk about, you know, like the student side of college football. Like if they're going back to campus, like what is like Greek life? Like, for example, that that's just something I can get into as well. But it's just there's so many factors that play into this. And it's just amazing that just the amount of variables that can deteriorate a season is outstanding it really is so i would recommend reading that um there's also an article on espn that was published monday talking about the college football schedule takeaways because um the notre dame experience you know being in the notre dame experiment excuse me being in the acc uh the sec dropped their schedule i'm gonna announce that later uh they dropped that on monday uh week by week um taking a dive into like the updated schedules and stuff like that and probably just seeing who has the best shot out of the three conferences that the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC. And, um, oh, also the Big 12 also dropped um, their non-conference schedule. Each team has one non-conference game. I forgot every single matchup, but I know one notable one was the SMU-TCU matchup. Um, I think all these games are scheduled for September 12th. Uh, but, yeah, SMU-TCU, that is their non-conference game. That's going to be a great game um two two programs i mean they've had great success smu had a great team last year i think they went uh, i want to say nine and three or ten and two or uh, i i think one of those two nine and three or ten and two great season um pretty much been revitalized and uh yeah so i mean but still the big 12 has their non-conferences so now they're playing 10 games of one non-conference and nine conference games uh so we're gonna see how that goes um and then obviously talk i'm gonna talk about the sec in a little bit um so another thing to talk about quickly um the teams that are not having seasons like the big 12 and the big 10 no not the big 12 the pac 12 and the big 10 excuse me um the nca football oversight committee proposed a 12-hour schedule model for the teams not playing this fall to just continue practicing so, I mean, that's okay, but, I mean, I think most of the players want to actually play games. Like, for example, what I talked about earlier with the WSU situation, a lot of players from the Pac-12 are starting to transfer or entering the transfer portal, and it's not because of, like, the coaches or anything. I mean, it's just mostly these are guys, like, seniors and people in their last year of eligibility who are trying to get one more season in before they go to the, the before they go to the NFL, excuse me. So this is the trend that we're going to start seeing. Believe it. I've I'm already seeing it with forced force we've already I think for WSU Washington State, I think we've lost I think two of our star receivers, um one linebacker I think and one safety and quarterback. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not because of the coach or anything. It's just because these players are in the last year, and since there's no season, how are they going to get the experience? So I, I respect their decision there. I mean, it's more of just them trying to have an opportunity to play before they go to the NFL. So, I mean, it's, it, this, this weekly schedule is interesting. I don't know if it's going to work just because, I mean – I mean, and they already proved it yesterday, but I just, I just don't know if it's going to work. I don't see it working now. Like, I really don't see it working, but you know, I'm going to give it a, I mean, 
you can give it a couple weeks, but I think more of like these Big Ten and Pac-12 players who aren't playing or other conferences like the Mountain West and Big Sky and stuff like that, I think they're going to be transferring as well. So keep on the lookout for that. There are going to be a lot of transfers, like big names as well, possibly. We'll see who have not opted out. Um, also, big news in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 this morning, I think, hired a new uh, – what was it? Um, it's a new – uh, oh, they hired an ex-NFL player uh, named Merton Hanks to run football to run football operations. Excuse me, as senior associate commissioner. Hmm. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's actually really interesting. I mean, obviously, you know, Larry Scott is the commish, you know, the guy running the Pac-12. But having this Pac-12, having the Pac-12 hire this ex-NFL player who's a to run the football operations as a senior associate, you know, uh, I, that's actually pretty interesting. I didn't really expect them to do that, but I mean, hell, I, I'll take anybody over Larry Scott at this point. Like, I think this is the sign that Larry Scott is almost out the door. I wouldn't say completely, but you know, the door's open and maybe they're trying to get someone else in. Hopefully, please. <laughs> Please, God, please, someone get rid of Larry Scott. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, so, finally, I'm just going to be talking about uh, what's next, pretty much. So, uh, Bleach Report posted an article, like, what's next for the Big Ten and the Pac-12, uh, pretty much after the seasons are done. Like, what are they going to do? And, obviously, I already talked about a lot of WSU players transferring, and I've seen some from, like, Arizona, ASU, uh, I haven't seen any from UW yet or Oregon or Cal or Sanford or stuff like that. But, I mean, this trend is going to be happening. So, I'm that's what I'm expecting to be what's next. Just a bunch of people trying to enter, enter the transfer portal, which is what Lane Kiffin was advocating for. Just having, like, this kind of free year, in quotation marks, of transfers and not having, like, the eligibility being to come into play and stuff like that. And I honestly think that's going to happen. I mean, that that should happen. Because, I mean, what else are they going to do? What else are they going to do? I mean, if they want to play, then they'll play. If they want to have a season, then they'll want to transfer and they want to play. And we're, we're going to see. So, um, ESPN also put out this article, I think, today. And I think it's pretty funny. Um, they, it's talking about... What the fans of, like, these teams, like, in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, like, can do and, like, pretty much be like, okay, who can you be your bandwagon for one year? Um, and so I'm going to go through each team and just kind of be like, really? Like, them? So, here. So first we're going to start off with the Big Ten. The Big Ten, um, Illinois. Um, their matchmaker pick is apparently South Carolina. And so yeah, the reason they say – that a defensive-minded coach with a conservative op offensive approach will feel right at home. Illinois upset number six Wisconsin last season and finished six and seven. South Carolina beat Georgia, twenty to seventeen, and finished four and eight. That's yeah, reasonable. Yeah, I, I can see that. So Illinois, like if you're so if you're an Illinois Illini fan, excuse me, you're rooting for South Carolina. Indiana, you're rooting for Kentucky. Interesting. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say Kentucky, but Okay, uh, Iowa, you're rooting for Auburn. Okay, that kind of makes sense. You know, they both have similar records. They always end up like 9-3, and three, always like in the middle pack of the top 25. That makes sense. Uh, Maryland, you're rooting for VTech. 
Hmm. V-Tech. I mean, I get it, but, I mean, I was hope I would think Maryland would probably be rooting for, like, I don't know, like a Duke or something. You know, something like that. Michigan. Uh, Texas. Texas? What the? Wait, wait a minute. Wait. I thought they'd be doing for like a Notre Dame or something, but Texas? I mean, I get it. I mean, um, let me see this. You both have won a lot more than 900 victories each. The past decades or so has not, hasn't been so kind, but this might be your year. Doesn't Michigan say that every year when against Ohio State? Sorry, Michigan fans. <laughs> and uh, for Texas, I mean, are, are, are you back? Are you back? I mean, I don't know. I saw last season. Are you back? We'll see. Uh, Michigan State is Pitt. That's interesting. Minnesota is Mizzou. I don't know. I mean, after last year, I don't think Mizzou is near Minnesota. Nebraska is Iowa State. Yeah, you see, I think I would switch. Um, I would switch that. I, I think Minnesota would be like Iowa State, and then Nebraska would be like Mizzou. I, I don't agree with that at all. Northwestern TCU. Defense is awesome. Any offensive, any offense is a big fan of purple. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They just did it because they're both purple. That's ridiculous. Okay, Ohio State. This is the one I was waiting for. Georgia. Oh, of course. Justin Fields. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, that, that's that's the big that's that's the that's the reason. I mean, come on now. Penn State. Penn State is Notre Dame. Interesting. Let me see this. About me. Committed, but still have an independent have still have an independent streak. Love history and tradition. Interesting. Purdue is Georgia Tech, Rutgers is out, oh my god, oh come on, oh come on, <laughs> Rutgers is Alabama, oh, uh, just happy to be here, oh my god, okay, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that's, okay, they're funny for that one, they're funny for that one, Wisconsin, LSU, that's interesting, I kind of like that one, I like that commit, okay, now we're entering the Pac-12, okay, U of A, Arizona, Syracuse, yeah, they're 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 more they're both more basketball schools. I mean, if you have Miller at um, U of A and then Bayheim at Syracuse, basketball school. ASU, Florida State. They 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 played each other last year in the in the Sun Bowl. I mean, oh come on. <laughs> uh, let me see. Big big state school love a good party. Oh my God, this article is clowning, bro. This is this is clowning. They just a big fan of Mike Norvell's offense. Jesus Christ. Cal. Okay. These are for the two guys. Cal is Virginia. Extremely proud of being top-ranked public academic institution. Looking good and look good in blue. Love going to a bowl game on occasion. Yikes. You want to take that, Cal fans? <laughs> you you won't take that disrespect? <laughs> that's disrespectful. That's funny, though. Uh, Colorado is Appalachian State. Are they having a season? Oh, the Sun Belt is having a season. That's right. I, I completely forgot they were having a season. <laughs> uh, okay. okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay. Appalachian State, Oregon, Clemson. Oh God. Let me see this. New school blue blood prefers quarterbacks with shampoo spokesman. Oh my. That is major clowning. Prefer quarterbacks with shampoo spokesman potential. Okay, I'm sorry, but Herb, Herbert's hair, I'm sorry. That that have you seen Trevor Lawrence's hair? Exactly. That that's what I thought. But that's funny. That that's pretty funny. 
Oregon State is Oklahoma State. Obviously, the same color schemes. Um, I obviously M plus OSU. Like, you can get those confused any time of the week. Um, Stanford is Oklahoma. Interesting. Um, UCLA is T- Texas A&M. And these, these, and by the way, these are ma- like they are saying that it's like if you like if you're a fan of UCLA, you should be a fan of like this school. You don't have to be. Uh, USC is Miami. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I I, I kind of saw this coming from my way. Okay. Utah is Florida. Hmm, let me see this. Eventual Pac-12 champion, social media powerhouse, and according to the NCAA, a twenty, a 2008 national champion. I mean, yeah, this team did beat. Alabama when they were like still like in a I think in the, whatever that conference was um I mean because it was still the Pac-10 before that but still like that's incredible UW uh Tennessee big on boating love dogs and savoring the glory of a 1990s title <laughs> oh god that's funny okay it's only funny because you know I go to Wazoo so like that that's like the main reason why it's so funny <laughs> But, oh, big on boating. I mean, yeah, they're right next to Montlake, obviously. Yeah, and then love dogs, you know, Huskies, and savoring a 1990s title. Oh, God. Washington's. Oh, of course Washington State is Mississippi State because of Mike Leach. Are you kidding me? Let me see this. Love to, looking to move on after eight years of living the air raid, air raid lifestyle and find something more stable. Yeah, yeah, thank God. Yeah. Uh, they say why you'll hit it off. Some things are hard to quit. Does any does anyone really want to watch a team coached by a man who finds punting on fourth down an exception? Oh, that's disrespectful. Okay, I'm done with this. Okay, but if you want to see um, more about the uh, analysis and um, just the explanation as to why they chose those, just go to ESPN and just look up. Um, it's just I think it's just called like uh, who you should, who college football who you should be a fan of next season. I don't know what it's really called, but I mean, yeah, you go look it up there. And finally, I've been waiting for this. The SEC has released their week-by-week schedule of all 10 conference-only games. We've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> and uh, here it is, by week-by-week. Week. So week one, we have Alabama versus Mizzou. Florida versus Ole Miss. And no, excuse me. So the first team I say is on the road. Okay, so Alabama at Ol- at Mizzou, excuse me. Florida at Ole Miss. Georgia at Arkansas. Kentucky at Auburn. Mississippi State at LSU. Tennessee at South Carolina. And Vanderbilt at Texas A&M. Oh, Jesus. So Alabama's winning. Florida's winning. Georgia's winning. Auburn's winning. LSU's winning. South Carolina's winning. And A&M's winning. If you if you're if you're Mike Leach, this is not an easy schedule for you, Big Fidel. <laughs> I mean, you got to play LSU week one on the road. Yikes! Week two, uh, A&M is at Alabama. Arkansas is at Mississippi State. Auburn's at Georgia. That's a good game. South Carolina is at Florida. Ole Miss is at Kentucky. LSU is at Vanderbilt, and Mizzou is at Tennessee. So I'm saying Alabama, Mississippi State. Ooh, that's oh, that's close. Auburn or Georgia? Oh. Oh damn, that's close. Fuck. Um I'll I'll go with Georgia. I'll go with Georgia. Okay, so Georgia, Florida, Ole Miss, LSU, and Mizzou. And then week three, we have Alabama at Ole Miss, Arkansas at Auburn, 
Florida at, at Texas A&M, Tennessee at Georgia, Mississippi State at Kentucky, Mizzou at LSU, and South Carolina at Vanderbilt, Alabama, Arkansas, no, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, that, that Florida A&M game was going to be close though, uh, Georgia, uh, Kentucky, LSU, and South Carolina. Week four, ooh, Georgia at Bama. Oh, boy, that's going to be a good matchup. Ooh, oh, get your popcorn out for that matchup, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we also have Ole Miss at Arkansas, Auburn at South Carolina, LSU at Florida. Damn, this, this week is full of two big matchups. Then we got Kentucky at Tennessee, Texas A&M at Mississippi State, and then uh, Vanderbilt at Mizzou. You know, I'm going to save the big matchups for last. I'm just going to go with Ole Miss. No, I'm going to – actually, I'm going to go with Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, um, uh, A&M, and uh, Mizzou. And then I'm going to go with LSU and uh, Georgia Allen. I'm going to go with Alabama. But I'm still – I'm still on the fence. I would say Georgia. That's, that game's going to be close. All right, week five, we have Alabama at Tennessee, Auburn at Ole Miss, Mizzou at Florida, Georgia at Kentucky, and South Carolina at LSU. I'm saying Bama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, and LSU. Week six, we have Mississippi State at Alabama, Arkansas at A&M, LSU at Auburn, Kentucky at, Van Kentucky at Mizzou, and Ole Miss at Vanderbilt. So I'm saying Alabama, A&M, that LSU-Auburn game is going to be good. Uh, I'm saying I'm going to say I'm going to say LSU. Uh, I'm going to say Mizzou. And I'm going to say Ole Miss. Uh, week 7, we have Tennessee at Arkansas. We have Florida versus Georgia, which is in Jacksonville. We have Vanderbilt at Mississippi State. And we have Texas A&M at South Carolina. So I'm saying mm, Tennessee. I'm saying... Ooh. The thing is, it's, it's a neutral site game, but it's in Jacksonville. Like... I, don't, I forgot the distance between Gainesville and Jacksonville, but I don't think it's that far. And obviously, it's a lot farther than Athens, and Georgia's the home game. <laughs> it's, it's a home game for Georgia, so <laughs> I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm just going to go with Georgia. And then we have, uh, I'm going to say Mississippi State and then A&M. And then we have, oh, week eight. Oh, no. Alabama LSU in Death Valley. Ooh, hoo, hoo Then we have Arkansas, Florida. Auburn at Mississippi State, Georgia at Mizzou, Vanderbilt at Kentucky, South Carolina at Ole Miss, and Texas A&M at Tennessee. I'm going to save that Bama LSU game for last. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida, Auburn, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Tennessee at home. And then I'm going to go with LSU at home. Big upset, I know. Uh, week 9, um... Uh, week nine is Kentucky at Alabama, LSU at Arkansas, Tennessee at Auburn, <clears throat> Tennessee at Auburn, excuse me. We have Florida at Vanderbilt, Mississippi State at Georgia, Ole Miss at A&M, and Mizzou at South Carolina. I'm going to go with Alabama, LSU, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, A&M, and South Carolina. Ah, no, Mizzou, Mizzou. Week 10. All right, we're in the last two weeks. Week 10. Auburn at Alabama, Arkansas at Mizzou, Kentucky at Florida, Georgia at South Carolina, LSU at A&M, Mississippi State at Ole Miss, Mississippi State at Ole Miss, Egg Bowl right there, and then Tennessee at Vanderbilt. Um, so this week is kind of weird because it's not like 
the last season, but like this is like, you know, usually what happens the last season, like we have Auburn Bama, Iron Bowl, Mississippi State Ole Miss, Egg Bowl. Like, so what I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with <sighs> Bama, but that wouldn't, I mean, don't discredit Auburn. We saw what happened last year. Um, I mean, they didn't have Tua, but still. Um, I'm going to say Mizzou. I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say Arkansas. I'm going to say Florida, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, and ten, Vanderbilt. I'm going to give Vanderbilt their one win. <laughs> and then week 11, we have Alabama, Arkansas, Texas A&M at Auburn, Florida at Tennessee, Vanderbilt at Georgia, South Carolina at Kentucky, Ole Miss at LSU, and Missouri at Mississippi State. Uh, I'm going to go with Alabama, Ooh. Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, and Mississippi State. And so that's their schedule. Uh, their ten week, their ten game schedule. Uh, but yeah, and that and that is their schedule for the fall. And now, finally, I know it's about 30, 30 minutes in, but finally, I'm talking about men's water polo. <laughs> Woohoo! Okay, so. What I wanted to talk about pretty much was just how, like, this season is going to play out. Like, even if we, like, do have a season. Because I don't think they're going to have a season. Like, the game of water polo is very, very tricky. Because you have, what? You have seven men in the pool, one goalie, and then three on each, obviously. It's like six man. And, um, you're playing in Speedos and then you're in the water. So one, you're barely wearing any clothes Two, you're in the same pool as the other team. And three, the benches are so, so small for both teams. It's like, like, what are you doing? Like, I just, I just don't think we're going to have a season and I want to have a, a water polo season because I love water polo. It's an amazing sport. I wish everybody learn it because it's just so much fun to play and it's just it's i don't know i mean it's something to learn i mean if you're a swimmer i would suggest playing water polo because i mean it's such a fun sport to play and like once you get the hang of it then like you want to play more and more like, i started in eighth grade like i started uh, like not, not eighth grade, like the summer of eighth grade. Yeah. I started the summer of eighth grade and heading into freshman year of high school. And I was like, you know, we'll see how this goes. I mean, I got introduced to it by my friend's father. Uh, he told me, he told my mom about how there's this drop in and then how, you know, you should come out and just see if you like it. And I was just, you know, you know, why, why not? I mean, I'm not really doing anything else in the summer. So I was like, fuck it. Why not? And then I got introduced to it and I was like, whoa, this is actually pretty cool. And then I signed up for it in the fall and then bada bing, bada boom, I'm starting, I'm playing four years. I went from someone who pretty much did not even know the sport existed to a potential starter on varsity senior year. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying this sport is so like much fun, but the risk is that the contact is so heavy because in the game of water polo, 
you're always going to be touching someone, like on defense. Like you're going to be using your hands, you know, try to block a shot or try to block a pass or steal a pass. And like that heavy contact is going to be tricky. And then obviously, like how would it work in a bubble? I mean, would there be a bubble? I mean, how, what, what would the big, what would be the precautionary members for a bubble? Like, so there's just so many factors that I think that there is not going to be a season. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic because the sport is amazing. I mean, you, plus you have these top schools for both men and women. But I mean, I think women is in the spring, but I know men's in the, I think men's, I know men's is in the fall. And so you have these top schools like Stanford and USC and UCLA and Cal and Pepperdine and Pacific, like top schools in the nation. And then they're all in California. And you know what's going on in California with, in terms of, like, not even just this COVID situation, but wildfires. Like, you have to take every single thing into account here. So, do I think that there's going to be a season? No. Do I hope that there is? Of course I do. I want there to be a season for... Because water polo, I mean, after you're done with, like, for your four years of college, it's not like you can go pro. I mean, the, the next step would be the Olympics and trying out for the USA national team and stuff like that. But other than that, there's not, like, any next step for you. Like, there's not, like, a major league water polo club or stuff like that that I know of. If there is, please let me know. <laughs> but for what I know of, there isn't. And so that's why, like, this sport is so vital to have, like, an extra year of eligibility because... After the after this, like most of these players are gonna be done. Like, most of these athletes are probably gonna be you know doing like some other stuff, you know, focusing on their careers, uh, post college, um, just doing all that. And so you really like don't know what is going to happen with these athletes. So that's why you need to have a season. But it's just the fact that there's so much close contact. And then plus, like, you gotta think like it's not like this like grand bench like you have like on the NBA the NFL or like the MLB like this bench is tiny like it's a little tiny like it's like a little tiny bench and you have all the players scrunched up together because in water polo you got to jump in the water like at any time like during like a timeout or like a change of possession probably or like during ejections stuff like that like you gotta you gotta go quickly and so if you don't like if you're like way way in the back and your coach is calling for you like how how are you gonna get in the water in time like you have to call a timeout or like have like so like I think that's more of, like, a NCAA thing to think about. But I just wanted to talk about a little bit about water polo uh, because it's a very confusing sport and no one knows what it's about. For those who don't know, just, it's pretty much soccer and basketball combined. But instead of, like, obviously on land, you're in the water. And, like, how it's like soccer, it's set up like soccer. Like, you have one goalie on each side. After every goal, you go set, uh, set up in the center. And it's like basketball a little bit because you got to design these plays. You know, you're doing motions and just a bunch of, uh, like, screens and draw plays. You know, try and get the ball to the middle so you can get an easy shot in. So, so yeah, but it's all in the waters. And you obviously, you know, can't use your feet because, I mean, why would you? <laughs> but it's all hands. But that's what I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about next week as well. Next week, um, I'm going to have a guest, on two guests actually, on the show. Uh, and we're going to be talking about women's volleyball, just talking about their experiences um, with, you know, just kind of what's going on this year. Like, are they going to have a season? 
what's what's what the what their school has been talking about in terms of seasons i mean um and yeah and i'm gonna get back to you on that um so tune in next week um it's gonna be a good one um i'll i'll name drop the people um one of them is a good friend of mine from high school and the other one um is a teammate of hers uh so i'll be dropping the names next uh, probably sometime later this week and uh peep that that's gonna be coming out sometime later next week um, just because I have to have like a zoom call and like you work some stuff out and, uh, but yeah, next week it's going to be big. Uh, my first guest, uh, and we're just going to be talking about, you know, just what is happening with women's volleyball. Cause you know, that's right around the corner. And then, I mean, are they going to have a season? Um, uh, like what's the, what their coach has been telling them and stuff like that. And so, but now this has been an episode of college kid talking college sports. I'm your host, Korea pounds, and I'll see you guys next week. Peace out guys.